Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh, and columnist, Barry Trammell. Our, uh, our midweek podcast here, and um, just got done talking to the players as uh, as usual uh, for this uh, for this podcast. Jacob, you got to ch- chat with LD Brown, who is probably uh, I don't I don't want to say he's my favorite because I'd have to think about that a little harder, but he might be my favorite player to talk to on this team. It's like a comedy show with him. It is, and and that's what I love about it. You you get him to talk about anything, even himself. I even asked um, what his reaction was when he hears Gundy calling him out almost every week yeah. to be better basically and it's like man you just trust it you know he's like they're not leading me wrong and but the way he says it it's just the energy and the smiles like he, he doesn't seem to worry about much yeah um you know he he talked about on his touchdown run the other day uh chuba headbutted him afterwards and he said he almost knocked me out <laughs> and, I, and i believe him he said dylan stoner gave him a nice a nice uh, celebration too you know and, and we saw him run down the sideline with teammates and stuff after that that touchdown He's just a ball of energy um but as i wrote in and uh and uh tomorrow's editions wednesday's editions here that um this was a good moment for him on saturday to have that long touchdown run uh, he had other runs where he got close to breaking and he wasn't he wasn't looking skittish is probably the wrong word but he wasn't looking like he was dancing trying to fighting his way where he didn't need to he, he was attacking uh he he looked decisive he looked strong he looked really fast it was a speed we hadn't seen all year from ld uh, and i think that's a good sign for osu moving forward yeah it is i think uh, i think they need some way to spell chuba hubbard and still get production from that spot and that was what was so disappointing about saturday night against baylor this is something they've been looking for and they get the home run ball from L.D. Brown just sort of out of the blue. Early fourth quarter, he gives them the lead. Yeah. And you think, hey, this is exactly what this team's needed. And then it just all blows up, you know, 21 points, and, you know, you sort of forget about L.D. Brown. Uh, but to me, that's – you got what you needed, which was, you know, giving H- uh, Hubbard some help in the running game, and it still sort of uh, fell apart around the Cowboys. Barry, I'm curious. Have, do you remember seeing a, a, a span of uh, a, you know roughly a year and a half for a team that's ridden the roller coaster that Oklahoma State has, going back to the beginning of last season, where they look so talented but can't put the consistency together to to put a good team on the field week in and week out. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of ninety. 90- Eight and 99 OSU football. Bob Simmons had had the breakout year in 97. They went eight and four, eight and three in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Between 1988 and 2002, OSU had one winning season, and that was the 97 Cowboys with a really good year. Right. They come back the next year, and they had a lot of the same guys, and they had a lot of the same talent, and everybody was real excited. But for two straight years, they couldn't get out of their own way. And they lose games they shouldn't have lost. And they go play, you know, they go play somewhere and get way down. And just, you know, it couldn't seem to come together. They go five and six both years. Now, last year, Gundy and and the squad rallied to six and six. This year, I think they're going to get to at least six and six. 
But it reminds me of that where they just, you know, you just kept thinking, hey, they're better than this. They're better than this. But over time, and you mentioned it, Scotty, we're talking a year and a half now. Over time, at some point, you got to say, you're not better than this. This is who the, you are, and this seems to be who the Cowboys are. It's, uh, it's, it's starting to feel this way, and obviously they go into an important game. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about Iowa State in a second. We do, uh, of course, we'll, we'll discuss uh, some of our thoughts on Mike Gundy's Monday uh, press conference and kind of what we saw and, and what we viewed there coming up in a little bit. We'll get into the, uh, the 2020 schedule that was released earlier uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but, uh, but looking to this Iowa State game, this it's not – I mean, Oklahoma State is going to have to win other games down the stretch. This isn't a, a do-or-die situation, but it would be a really big boost for them going into the uh, latter half of their schedule against some of the bottom teams in the Big 12 Conference if they could go up and pull off a, uh, an upset up in, uh, up in Ames. I mean, absolutely. It's. I mean, Gundy said he, they don't feel like they're in a corner, but I think they've got to. They've got to feel something at this point. They've got to. They've got to come out and, and react to the situation. I mean, those, these two these two losses have been have been really crushing. These yeah. last two losses for OSU. Um, they've got to have some sort of urgency at this point. Um, but you're right. I mean, they, they've still got games they need to go in, go into. So it's not. Maybe do or die, but sure, starting to sure starting to feel like it to me a little bit. One problem you see is last year's team was so frustrating because they lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to. Right, but they beat some teams they probably shouldn't have beat. Yeah, last year Texas beat Georgia, Southern Cal, and Oklahoma, <laughs> but they didn't beat OSU. Right, last year West Virginia is a top ten team when they play OSU. They come to Stillwater, Cowboys will whack them. So. We haven't seen the Cowboys do that this year. We've not seen this OSU team beat somebody they shouldn't beat. They came close against Texas, played well in Austin, just didn't get it done. A couple of turnovers. And then we see, you know, that game the other night, you think, well, they could they could have won that game, but they didn't. So, to me, that's a, 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 an Iowa State is an opportunity to at least get on the right side of that. You know, you're still doing some losing that you didn't think you should do but it's time to do some winning that you didn't think you could get done either. I will uh, give credit where credit is due. I stole this stat from Bill Haston, but if Oklahoma State loses on Saturday, they will be 0-6 the last two years against Baylor, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. They had lost to those three programs five times in their previous 26 matchups. Well, that's the sign of going backwards yeah now part of that is iowa state has gotten a lot better mm-hmm. um but ba- i don't baylor, know baylor has uh, over over that time span baylor has i mean baylor was was yeah struggling. well yeah baylor uh, baylor was down then got way better and then went right. down again and has gotten back up but tech really hadn't you know tech the last two years is not any kind of world beater and the right. cowboys are on two against them so it's an alarming slide i don't there's not any doubt about it. It is a very alarming slide. And, you know, remember not long ago we talked about, you know, you know, I guess after the 17th season, this team had finally, not finally, had for a long time learned how to win on the road. And right. winning on the road was coming easy to the Cowboys. Well, now they've lost six straight conference road games. So 
Um, now they go to a place against a really good team. It's it's a chance to, it's a chance to revive the season. That's clearly what this game is. Yeah, it's a chance to revive the season and make something fairly special out of it. I mean, if they win at Iowa State, all of a sudden they're five and three, and you think you know what they you know they should have beat Tech, but you know that still doing some good things. But if you lose, you're four and four, and uh, you, you you're looking at trying to trying to rally to make the cheese it bowl. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Barry, we want to get your thoughts on, uh, on on your view of what Mike Gundy had to say on Monday. Jacob and I were both there. We'll give some of our thoughts as well. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll get into the 2020 schedule. Of course, our next podcast, we will have our mailbag segment. So feel free to jump in and, and reach out to us there. Already got one via email today, which uh, which we'll uh, we'll discuss. Uh, in our uh, end of the week podcast, but uh, but feel free to jump in at Scott Wright, okay, at Jacob Unruh on Twitter, and we will uh, field all of your questions in the mailbag segment at the end of the week. Let's take a break, a break really quickly from the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh and Barry Trammell. Barry, as I said, Jacob and I were uh, front and center for Mike Gundy's press conference that uh, obviously became a story of its own on Monday. Um, and I think I think we have probably... I think there was a, a different element that came with being there, witnessing the, 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 the whole thing in its entirety, and... and seeing Gundy's behavior with all the context that was there. Um, but I was just curious, just curious what, uh, what your thoughts were on, uh, on what he had to say and, and sort of how you took it in. Well, a couple things. One is I don't really disagree with much of what Gundy actually said. Yeah. You know, he talked about the four long plays. Two were coaching mistakes. I found that semi-refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, he said one was, um, I forgot, yeah, lack of effort, missed tackle right, or whatever. Right. And then, um, and then, so he, so he, I don't disagree with those. And when he said that the fans, the best way the fans can help the program is show up at the games and cheer and blah blah blah. He's right. Oh yeah. That's, you yeah. can't argue against that. It's just two things. The way he delivers it and some of the ways he talks, you know, talking about the way he raises his boys and <laughs> equates the football team to that, that really is not what anybody wants to hear. They don't want to see that kind of attitude. They want to see a little bit more fire that says, hey, we should have beat Baylor. We should have beat Tech. We're going to get this fixed. They want to see a little bit more fire. And two – even if he's what he says is right, people don't want to hear that. Right. They don't want to hear that. This is a program that has established itself as a as an elite program. You know, before you know, going into last season or maybe this season, I forgot. Is a is a top ten, top twelve team. I mean, program right. in total number of victories among the Power Five. Yeah. It was a big time program, and to go six and six and win a win the Liberty Bowl to go seven and six and now. 
looking like you might could go f- another seven and six. That's not what that's not what this program has become about. So people don't want to hear, eh, you know, we're going to fix it or we're going to, you know, that's just the way people are today. It's just, it's not the, even if it's the message that's, even if it's the truth, it's not what people want to hear. Gundy sometimes is a little too flippant yeah. w- with his PR tactics. Um, I think that comes with somebody who's very comfortable and secure, which, you know, there's something to, something to be said for that. But a little bit more fire, I think, is what people really want to see. Two comments that uh, that stick out to me that, that fall into the, the category you were just talking about, about things that even if they're true aren't necessarily what people want to hear. Uh, one thing he said that was, that he likes the direction the program is going and coming off of two really painful losses, it's hard to hear your coach say that. Even if, you know, he's looking at it through this, uh, this much broader view in how he feels the program is developing, not where they stand right now, not a snapshot of where the program is at this point. And I think that I, I think that Gundy really does believe what he says and that, and that he likes the direction the program is going. He doesn't like where they're at right now. But when he says that he likes the direction the program is going, that rubs fans the wrong way. Yeah. And, I, the, other, and the other one, well, the other one real quickly, Jacob, was uh, that the program is on better footing than it's ever been. And people look and say, well, you won a Big 12 title in 2011 – won 10 games in a row from 15 to 17 and now you're nowhere near those standards uh, you know Gundy's Gundy is looking at the depth they've created on the you know on the offensive and defensive line the uh, the talent that they have backloaded at at positions like receiver and defensive back and things like this that that people aren't taking into account when you're considering how you feel about what's just happened to your team the last two weeks yeah, that's. I was kind of. I was kind of going to say that. Like it, to me, his message came across in, in those two regards as he's looking more big picture yes. than right now with the wins and losses. And and fans don't want to hear that. Fan fans aren't worried about the twenty twenty season right now. They're worried about right now. And yeah. that's where his message got off a little bit. I think. Um, I don't think he was wrong. Like like we've said. I, I think. I think when you look at the program there's depth there's there's all these things that he's wanted to build this program too that he's getting there um it's not producing wins this season so far and that's what's frustrating for fans uh and it, he's not delivering the right message there um but i i think I, I i it's hard to disagree with a lot of what he said yeah um now he's still i, I don't i still don't like the idea that he said they're not in a corner necessarily because i think that is also something the fans don't want to hear. They want yeah. to hear that you're ready to fight and get out of this corner and ready to make a push to, to salvage the season. And that I actually would disagree with Gundy when he says the program's in better shape than it's ever been. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I don't think the overall talent is as strong as it was in the 10, 11 years. Yeah. Or in the 15, in 16, 17 years. Um, look to me like the cowboy talent overall has slipped a little bit now the depth in the line sure i'll I'll give you that um the lines actually held up pretty good i thought against baylor that one they weren't getting pushed around they were getting run away from yeah so um you're also looking at a team that's potentially going to have its second straight disappointing year 
and his two best players could be moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hubbard and Wallace, you know, very easily could turn pro. I tend to think they will. And then you'll be coming back with a veteran quarterback in Spencer Sanders, but he won't have the weapons that he's got right now. So, to me, I don't, I can't say that this program's in the best shape it's been in, um, in, in in the modern era. That's uh, that's absolutely fair. Um, the talent level overall, I can I can certainly see some uh, some issues with that there. Uh, anything else that uh, that really stuck out? Uh, you know, the thing that. Uh, the thing that's been interesting to see is uh, a lot of people felt that that Gundy was was delivering all of this with with anger, and I never got that sense while sitting there in in front of him. And I was, I mean, Jacob and I, I, I say we were front and center. We were in the two closest seats yeah. to the podium. We were as close as we could have possibly been. I never, I never felt like he was angry. He was emotional, but I never, I never sensed that this was a rant. Yeah, I, I never, I never got that sense. I never, you know, talk about wanting more fire. That was the most fire we've seen from him, I think, all season. Yeah. Um, and I never felt, I don't know, uncomfortable. Maybe is the right word. Like this was getting right. awkward or or weird that he was doing this. Like it felt, it felt right in the moment. It felt natural. Um, and it was, um, I don't want. I mean, I'll admit it, it was kind of entertaining. For yeah. me, it's the first time to kind of be around something like that on this beat. So I, I kind of, uh, you know, thought it was interesting and uh, almost entertaining. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was throwing out some jokes and uh, and and doing some some silly stuff and uh, you know, portraying what a, uh, a a ball security drill looks like yeah. for a quarterback and dancing around behind the podium and doing all of that stuff. So, well, that's the thing about gun. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. If if somebody portrayed Gundy as sort of being angry at the fans or angry at questions, mm-hmm. his biggest problem in my mind, and I think the public's mind, is he, he's more goofy than he is right. angry. I think they'd respect him more if he got angry uh, from that from that type of podium. You know, some people say he's not showing fire on the field. You guys pointed out that he got all over the refs oh, at yeah. times Saturday. We got a picture. Sarah Phipps, uh, one of our photographers, got a great picture of, of Gundy. Oh, the mullet is just flying. Uh, re- reaming out a ref. So yeah. he does, he's still doing that. Yeah. Um, and here's the deal. Gundy wants to win. He's competitive. But sometimes he just doesn't – he doesn't portray – PR wise, you know what what the fan base I think would would embrace. And Barry, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but but that has changed in him from when he was a young coach building this program. Yeah, you know, Gundy was sort of a happy-go-lucky wisecracker when he was an assistant coach and mm-hmm. even offensive coordinator. He became head coach, and he sort of he sort of got serious pretty serious minded leading even to the rant in his third year but he's more back to the happy go lucky you know just sort of goofball a lot of times and like I said I think that goes back to security and he feels very secure in himself and in his job and you know those kinds of things but it is odd he has sort of gone up and down in in the different kinds of emotions while you look at some other coaches 
Les Miles seems same as ever. Pat mm-hmm. Jones, same as ever. Bob Simmons, you know, when I saw him uh, head coach at OSU, saw him in the later years, seemed like the same. That's not been the case with Gundy. He sort of fluctuated. Jacob, was there anything else that uh, that, that stuck out to you? I, I found... Uh you know, and this is a little bit probably inside baseball more than uh, more than people might care to know. But we, Gundy had an appointment right after the end of the press conference, and we were told, uh, you know, twenty minutes, and that was it, and he was gone. And so there was there was more tension in the air about that, I thought, than yeah. uh, than than what the, than the contents of the press conference. Yeah, I, I felt a little anxious at times. Like, all right, we gotta get some questions in here. We yeah. gotta we gotta move this along. That was the only thing I was thinking. Um, you know. Uh, Speaking of Gunny being happy-go-lucky, I mean, he's even giving me a hard time asking about L.D. Brown. Yeah. You know, like I saying, you know, I guess you're working on a story about him or something. So so how about this? And gives me some stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's why I'm asking a question. <laughs> I, I, you know, not just for funsies. It's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, I'm, I'm asking questions for reasons. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I had no issue with what he did um, if people were out there saying they took issue to that um maybe i have issue with him having an appointment i don't know but that's just selfishness <laughs> right there that we could just have more time well uh let's uh tell you what let's take a quick break we'll come back and uh, dissect this 2020 schedule that came out today with some uh, interesting twists coming right back on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We'll wrap this up with a little 2020 talk. Good vision of the season ahead now that we have a schedule. I think, obviously, the biggest thing on everyone's mind is the fact that Bedlam will be in the next-to-last weekend of October, which is uh, very unusual and uh, definitely uh, trending away from what the Big 12 had gone to recently. Barry, was that a, a surprise to you? It was a surprise to me, and I know why they did it. They did it for television. Yeah. I don't know why television wanted it that way. Um, You know, the Bedlam Thanksgiving deal has an interesting history. There was a time there, the previous decade, where OU was not all that fired up about playing on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. I think it was a lot of... OU arrogance, to be honest with you. I don't think they wanted to give the the Bedlam series too much um, prestige right. or too much status. But that's really changed in the last decade. I'm uh, I'm very I'm very pleased with the way the Bedlam, particularly football, but really all sports. But I think OU has come around to really embrace Bedlam, even on the football field, in ways that they didn't before. And I think part of it is just conference realignment. We've looked across the country and we've seen some great rivalries that basically died because people are knuckleheads. Right. Texas A&M, Texas. Missouri, Kansas. West Virginia, Pitt. Utah, BYU has sort of fluctuated. Um, uh, uh, Pitt, Penn State, you know. Mm -hmm. There's just... And in, in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Nebraska has right. you know, went away. 
So I think the Sooners sort of realize, you know what, this is actually pretty cool. And I think they've come around to where they really enjoyed the the uh, the Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Hasn't always been the last, you know, these last whatever, 10, 12 years. It's not always on Thanksgiving weekend, but it most of the time has. And what I like about it, for all sport, for all all schools, is to play your in-state rival on the last on the, on Thanksgiving weekend because it just makes it easier on everybody. Right, students, fans, players, media, coach, everybody, because you can get to the games easier than everybody that's going, and you know it just makes a lot of sense. So I know this: OU's not happy, OSU's not happy. I don't know why they've decided they want the Longhorns to come to Stillwater and the Sooners to go to Lubbock on Thanksgiving weekend. Makes no sense to me, but you know, it's just maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out what's going on. But it's a mystery to me. That was spoken like uh, someone who spent Thanksgiving weekend in West Virginia last year. Yeah, you know, they put they put the Sooner they put the Oklahoma West Virginia game on Friday, Thanksgiving Friday. So. You know what I did, guys? And it's a night game. I risked it. I didn't fly out until Friday morning. Because anybody that knows me knows how much I love Thanksgiving Day. My favorite day of the year. Love Thanksgiving. Particularly at my house. So, I, uh, you know, I gambled and I made it. You know, I was in Pittsburgh by noon. So, I was great. But I just, I don't understand this whole concept of messing with tradition. Look at the, look around the country. Uh, before Texas and Texas A&M quit playing, they played on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. Alabama-Auburn, Thanksgiving weekend. The Egg Bowl in Mississippi, Thanksgiving weekend. Georgia-Georgia Tech, Thanksgiving weekend. Florida-Florida State, Thanksgiving weekend. North Carolina, North Carolina State, Thanksgiving weekend. Florida-Florida State, Clemson-South Carolina, Virginia-Virginia Tech, Kentucky-Louisville, Tennessee-Vanderbilt, the ACC and the AC and the uh, SEC and the ACC have given us the model, and it's worked famously for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we ought to do. We ought to be doing it here in the, in uh, in Big Twelve country. OURSU, Bedlam, the Sunflower Series, KUK State, uh, the the uh, the four Texas schools. They ought to play each other. I don't care whoever wants to pick who's each other's rival. I don't even know whoever they want to pick. Tech Baylor, I guess TCU Texas. They ought to play. That's when they ought to play. And why we're monkeying with this, I do not know. Jacob, anything that uh, what's what stuck out to you about the schedule release? Um, I mean that that was one of the big things that jumped out. Uh, you know, I I had forgotten they were playing Western Illinois, so that kind of jumped out. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, Western Illinois. Um, you know, I think I think um, the idea of seven home games yeah. after this year when they have to go on the road a little bit more. That jumped out to me a little bit as well. So they get a little more time at Boone Pickett Stadium than they did this year because all the non-conference is at home. So Oregon State comes there. Tulsa comes there. Um, that's nice. Uh, the other thing that, that kind of concerns me when you look at it now is you got a week four bye week or off yeah. week as you and I are calling it out. Yes. Not bye week, off week. And then they have all their Big 12 games. After that. The only off week is then. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough haul for yeah. a team to get through an entire Big 12 schedule without an off week. The one thing that was news to me, Oregon State, Thursday night. Yeah. Which I think is cool. I love it when teams can open on Labor Day weekend 
and play an off night. I think it's good. I think it's good uh, programming. I mean, uh, promoting. Mm-hmm. Cowboys have done that several times. Last season was at Missouri State on a Thursday night. This season, Oregon State out in Corvallis on a Friday night. I think that's excellent um, for everybody involved. If the school can handle it, no issue. Generally, does a pretty good job of making yeah. sure it doesn't interrupt the campus flow. So that's good. I think that's a, a very nice thing that they can play. Uh, open up on that Thursday night against Oregon State. And I think that is a trend that Mike Gundy would like to continue because he likes the extra rest that you get after your opener from from that. Um, You know, in most cases, satisfies some of the conference requirements of having to have some non-Saturday games. Uh, And so that's an important thing to him. Although I gotta say I'm 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 pretty intrigued by uh, you know and the conference worked with both Baylor and West Virginia to set this up so they've got a bye week, uh, an open week right before they play on a Thursday. I really I'm I'm really intrigued by that game on a on a Thursday and and giving the teams the open week before it, uh, you know then uh, then the short week and then extra time after I think is good. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that every now and then, but. Um, but in general, you know, Gundy, I think, really likes doing this at the beginning of the year to get that extra time, get to get the guys into camp a little earlier, and uh, and all those sorts of things that are uh, the benefits of, of starting on a Thursday or Friday. Um, trying to think. Oh, uh, Halloween for oh, homecoming. Uh, Halloween. Homecoming. Yeah. That's uh, that could be uh, something that the, uh, the non-football, um, you know, every everything else other than the game itself. Is going to have a lot of fun with that, I, I think. Yeah, and Stillwater is going to have fun with that in general. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, and you're going to have people in costumes. It's going to be people are going to be trick or treating that night. It's it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Um, I've you and I have both probably covered high school football games on Halloween nights, mm-hmm. um, and those get kind of interesting and fun. You see people in the crowd dressed up. Not that the people are going to do that at OSU games. I don't know how that works in college football necessarily on Halloween, but they could um, throughout the week. They're going to have. I'm sure it's going to be some sort of Halloween theme through some stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. And Texas Tech, that'll be a, a fun game as well. So um, ending with ending with Texas is uh, is interesting because that could be a game that has some uh, some Big 12 title implications one way or another. I think. Yeah, it's just odd, though. Right, it think is. Think about it. OSU Texas in the last game of the year. That's yeah. Just strikes you as odd it does it uh, it really does and you know the uh the, just the the feeling of that uh, of that uh, of that bedlam game on that weekend uh, because there are so many like you like you detailed barry other rivalry games that are going on and you know oklahoma state players said uh, said the right things tonight that you know maybe it'll be uh something that gets them fired up a little earlier and uh it'll be a good thing for them but uh maybe you know having it a different time uh, different time of year will uh lead to a different result for them or something along those lines so now if you're a cowboy fan and you like good omens they actually played bedlam on on an on an october 24th back in 1976 in norman cowboys sprung the 31 24 upset hey and we had a three-way tie for the Big Eight title, OSU's only conference championship um, since joining the Big Eight. 
until 2011. So, you know, it, you know if, you, if you're looking for good signs, there's your one. October 24th has been good to the Cowboys in Bedlam. There you go. Uh, and I believe, what was it, uh, 1998 was the last time that the, that the game had been, had been held this early. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be a change, that's for sure. So uh, anything else from, uh, from either of you that stuck out about the schedule? Um, I'm a little bit, I think Gundy's okay. You know, this is only a one, next season is just a one-off day right uh schedule this yes. year we've got actually 14 saturdays from the opener until uh december so everybody got two buys i know you guys don't like to use the word <laughs> buy but everybody's got two buys right and next year just one as 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 jacob mentioned you know three non-conference then the off week nine straight sounds rugged i think gundy's pretty good about that because he he mentioned it earlier this year when they had that early early off week he thought that was okay because, you know, you go back and you're starting in August 1st or so. Yeah. So it's like you have seven weeks or so of straight football. You're you're about ready for a, for an off week. So I think he's okay with that. Um, I might uh, – well, they get an off week going for Baylor, you know, and, and the game before that's Western Illinois. So – the leathernecks you're not going to really stretch you so cowboys should be rested and and prepped quite well for the uh, launch of the big 12 yeah and um i you know i think i think this year gunny would have liked to have had that one sooner rather than going six games into the season uh you know he talked about feeling like he had maybe overworked the guys the last couple of weeks of the of uh of games before that uh, before that break, so uh, that could be uh, that could be of some value. It does set up for a uh, uh, quite a gauntlet down the stretch, particularly with so many home games early in the season. They'll be doing a lot of traveling late. It'll be a, a different uh, different kind of reversal of of this season where they had uh, a lot of road games early. So that'll be a, that'll be a challenge. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the Cowboy Chronicles right here. And uh, remember to jump in the mailbag if you want to. Contact us via Twitter, via email, any way you want to. We will answer those questions in our next edition of the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. Zaxby's.